0: Hello, I am Vina, and I am your Dark Travels hostess. And tonight, we have a road trip with the panda. Yeah. And polar bear. So <laughs> it's actually a trifecta. But hello, panda. Hello. How are you?
1: I'm well. How are you?
0: I'm okay. I'm okay.
1: So, for all bears, does that make you mama bear? Uh. I said, if we're all bears, does that make you mama bear?
0: No, but I'll claw your ass to death if you bother my children. <laughs> <laughs> Mess with my cubs. Cubs. Anyway, so how have you been? It's been a little while. has? Yes? Well, <laughs> yes. A week? <laughs> no. still been a little while.
1: Okay. I guess. <laughs> I live in the same town as you, so. We see each other quite a bit. I don't know. We don't. This, this is not the only time we convene together. It is. Uh, I think you literally came over to my house. <laughs> Maybe she's a day drinker.
0: Yeah, that's it. I don't think so.
1: Okay. I learned it from somebody. your father. But <laughs> anywho,
0: we also have the polar bear. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. But how are you? How are things?
2: Everything's great. Everything's great.
0: So... Now, lately, my my listeners have undoubtedly noticed that, as of late, we've kind of been throwing in a few UFO episodes. You know, the Zimbabwe incident in 1994 with the children and the Cleveland, Texas incident with over 15 eyewitnesses coming forth, calling the police, and even the police and fire chief seeing this extraordinary event where all of these UFO sightings were happening within... I think it was a 15-mile radius of Loveland, Texas. Now, tonight, we're going to kind of discuss a little further. Those were obviously close encounters with the alien kind, but we're going to talk about and share stories regarding alien abductions, of actual in- abductions, and some interesting things about the fallout or, or, or what have you. But before we begin, I did want to kind of give everyone an understanding of what exactly a close encounter actually means. So, like, what are the definitions are and what types? As a kid, I remember seeing that movie with Richard Dreyfus, "Close Encounters of the th- th- Third Kind." I'm too young. Okay. <laughs> And, I mean, my, my dad watched that movie over and over and over again to the point where I really just wasn't my thing. And, in fact, I've never seen it in its entirety since. So what does what does those words mean? So going back to 1972, an astronomer by the name of J. Allen Hynek proposed in his book, his extraterrestrial book, called The UFO Experience, A Scientific Inquiry, he, he kind of labels or categorizes three types of close encounters that human beings can have with, with extraterrestrial beings, and that being, of course, aliens. Now, over time, this, this label of three types gets expanded to seven types of encounters. So the first one is your basic, I'm seeing something in the night sky that doesn't make any sense. So, and... There's been reported sightings in some of the local areas here of UFOs. I don't know if you guys are aware of that.
2: I actually saw something the other day. It
1: was
0: trippy. Oh yeah, you were telling me. Yeah. What was that?
2: Uh, well, I was uh, walking uh, my aunt out to her car, and I looked into the sky, and what it looked like was uh, like like a strand of Christmas lights across the sky. It wasn't just one light. It looked like a caterpillar of lights, and it was slowly moving across the sky. So, Like like in unison yeah it's just like a one long snake of lights, so when ran into the house to get the rest of the family to go check it out and as we were coming back out instead of just continuously moving, it started to disappear into nothingness and it was getting shorter and shorter and shorter until it just kind of left. so I don't know if it was trained to the moon made by Tesla or <laughs>
0: uh,
2: extraterrestrial encounter was it
1: moving like a snake like it was like a little s movement or was it like straight line or It was like a straight line. Well, I mean, you also said the thing when you were at work, they thought it was a drone flying around, and then they tried to to catch up with it. Couldn't catch up with it? Yeah. In a vehicle, they could not catch up with it. Okay. But they said, you know, the first said it was a drone, though, it's like, well, it's too fast to be a drone, so.
0: But you said it was a string of multiple lights. That's two two separate instances. Oh, okay. So
1: the the string of lights he's saying he saw from his house, Mm -hmm. and then when he was at work, they were talking about. How they thought that was another, because dr- we had a drone incident before. Right. So they thought it was another drone happening, but when they tried to ki- catch up to it, it was going too fast, and it turned out it wasn't a drone because.
0: It was too fast for a drone. It was
1: just too fast. Well,
0: believe it or not, there's been a couple, I won't obviously say where, but where you guys work, there have been a couple of incidences where they've seen UFOs above the building where you guys work. Right. Multiple times. So. So that's the first kind, just visually seeing. The second kind is where a UFO has been spotted and potentially leaves physical evidence behind. So we're talking a crop circle, like I just saw some strange lights over Farmer John's farm, and then the next day he's got some sort of crop circle. Or some type of terrain damage, mutilated animals, or even like electronic or mechanical interference which would have been something similar to the Cleveland, Texas incident with all the cars stopping. But also, too, heat or radiation issues, poisoning. All of a sudden, corn has radiation levels they didn't have before. And some type of potential paralysis of people. So it, it's kind of like it's not just a visual. It's like the next step up. Now, a third kind, which is where... The UFO has been spotted, and they can actually have confirmation of an animate object that is associated with the FBI, uh, with, with the UFO. So, in other words, an alien creature with the spaceship. So, a prime example of that would have been the Zimbabwe incident, where all those children said they saw beings coming out of the, the spacecraft, so it's not just the spacecraft, it's like the drivers, the alien drivers. Now, the fourth kind is where there's actual contact. Like, you can communicate some type of uh, telepathy. Again, also, too, with the Zimbabwe kids, the kids seeing images put in their minds by the aliens. So some type of communication is exchanged. And it's not necessarily, like, vocal A lot of times it's telepathy, the images in their mind or voices that they're hearing in their mind. The sixth kind is where the UFOs or the aliens are directly causing some type of injury or death. So we're talking your basic, like the mutilations for the animals, a definite or people dying from. There's actual
1: harm done to something or somebody. Correct.
0: Correct. Now, the seventh kind, and is considered the most controversial, is the kind where human and extraterrestrial mate to produce what is considered a hybrid of the two species, okay?
1: Mate? Or, like, just fuse? Have general. sex. Oh, okay. Bang
0: it out. I Make.
1: Mean, I thought maybe, like, you know, have you ever seen like the day they're st- still, where they capture that guy and they just take his... His form when he he goes back? No. You haven't
0: seen that movie? No. There's two versions of it. Well, I've not seen it. (laughs) But believe it or not, this theory of humans and aliens mating actually go back as far as ancient Egyptians having some texts, not obviously from their cell phones, but chiseled in, saying that there had been some engagements. And there is some argument that the aliens had contributed to the building of the pyramids. And there's a variety of pyramids, and I don't know if people understand this. People, when we say pyramids, we think of Egypt, but Egypt is not the only one. I, people would argue that the temples in Mazalan or Mexico are, are just as poignant pyramids as the ones we found in Egypt. But that's a side note.
1: Well, they're e- all built on the same line. Right. They're all built in, in one big line, so it's like... I don't know, someone took a really good guess. was like, let's line it up with these guys over there. I mean, they don't know about each other when they built them.
0: Not only that, if you go south into South America, I think it was the Incas that built these huge mountains of animals. And, and the only way you could see them is from the sky. So, like, they they built... I, I'm not really sure how, what material that they used, but they would build these big symbols like spiders and again it's only visible from the sky well who are you building this for if you can't see it from the ground
1: southwest flyers no frequent flyers
0: (laughs) (laughs) so again this uh definitely suggests that alien contact has been going on for centuries before the birth of christ even so tonight in honor of this we're going to share a couple of stories that we've all had an opportunity to research but before we kick it off what are your thoughts? Do you think aliens are real? Most
1: definitely. All that space and area that's not here. I mean, we, there's even things that we don't even know about here that people will call an alien, but they were probably here first. But in regards to outer space aliens, yes, I do believe so.
0: Okay. Polar.
2: Same thoughts, except, you know, I don't think they're, they look like uh, the movies make them out to look humanoid. I mean, there's... Just thinking of how many, how much variety of uh, life there is on Earth, going from a little tiny shrimp or to a big old whale. There's, there could be.
0: So you think multiple different species, different have kinds, visited of us?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well. We're just a sex hub. <laughs> All the aliens were like, oh, "Do you want? You guys want to go? You know, do it over there. It's like Cancun for them or something.
0: We'll give you the seventh kind of <laughs> experience." <laughs>
1: I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was like, I guess if there was the seventh kind back then, that'd be like a, uh, a treat. I guess like you were chosen by the gods to be made it, Maybe like the Olympian Olympic go- or like Roman gods and stuff for real. They just were aliens, and shit. Hmm. That's, why That's why they were fucking everybody.
0: Okay, and sure.
1: Zeus put his dick in everything. So
0: yeah, well, he was a perv. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so back on topic. Uh, my very first story actually happens in 1987, and it actually happens right about this time. So we're close to the anniversary. This actually happens in the Yorkshire the U- of the UK. And so December 1st, a retired police officer sets out early in the morning. It's so early, it's not even sunrise. Sun hasn't even risen. And he decides he's going to walk across the Eikley Moor, which is located in Yorkshire. And he's headed over to his father-in-law's house. Now, the Eikley Moor is what is referred to as an upland moorland and a conservation area of the Yorkshire area. And what's interesting about this place is, for one, it has an actual notable bird population. It has a lot of walking trails and just scenic stops along the way, so, you know, beautiful sights, and, I, I mean, it's just um, sounds like basically a nice nature area, but in addition to that, it also has some historic things. It has some carved boulders dating back to the Bronze Age, so you can see where they kind of chiseled in some markings on the rocks, but on top of all of this, this area is also known for legends of strange creatures roaming in the darkness and seeing strange lights that come from nowhere through like even the mist. But the thing to bear in mind too is that this place is located 21 miles from the British RAF Menwith Hill military base. I know it's it's a strange combination of words, but they think to some degree some of the strange things that they see tend to be from the military base, not necessarily alien related. However, like I said, on this particular day, December 1st, it was o dark 30 when Spencer was like, I'm going, I'm out. And he heads and there's a little dense fog and he's walking through. And as it happens, he brings his camera because, like I said, there's a lot of notable birds and it's a scenic place to check out. After he passes an area called White Wells, which was an 18th century town, he sees on the path what he s- claims – is a small creature with long arms, similar in shape to a sock monkey. And he describes the creature as having big black eyes, pointed ears, and, like I said before, strangling long arms, and that his feet were like hooves split into two toes. To two toes? To two. To two. And it seemed to Spencer that the creature even kind of moved his right arm to kind of like wave at him. So at this time, Spencer reaches for his cell phone and takes a picture. Just kidding. It's 1987. But he does reach for his camera and he takes a picture. And you can see this creature in the photo. You see the path winding up. You see this and it's dark. You see this this outline of this creature. It's pretty, pretty solid in my opinion before the creature runs off into behind, like, the rocks and stuff. Now, Spencer gives chase. I mean, he's a cop. He's he's thinking on his toes. He takes a picture. He's going after this thing, and he pursues it, and he comes across a dome-shaped spacecraft that rises from the moors and flies away and disappears. So he sees this, the ship, and he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. He hurries to his father-in-law's house, and... And when he gets there, he realizes it's 10 o'clock in the morning. And this is astounding to him because by his calculation, he actually loses two hours of time. Now, he reaches out to UFO experts and they hear his story. They examine his picture and they deem this picture authentic. There is no tampering. There's no fake news. The picture is legit. Now... In the meantime, right after the encounter, Spencer starts having these strange dreams in which he sees like this grandiose starry sky. And he tells the UFO experts about this, and they say you should probably go under hypnosis to see if there's something you've not you're not remembering. So he does this. And he and so this is kind of like what he says during his hypnosis session. He says, "I was walking along the moor. It's quite windy. There's a lot of clouds. Walking up to the trees, I see this little something can tell, but he's green. It's moving towards me. I I can't move. I'm stuck. He's still coming towards me, and I cannot move. I'm stuck, and everything's going fuzzy. I'm floating in the air. I want to get down, and these green things walking ahead of me, I don't like it. I can't move. I'm going around the corner, and this green thing is in front of me. Oh, God, I want to get down. There's... There's a big silver saucer thing, and there's a door in it, and I don't want to go in there. Everything's gone black now. Now, he continues his recollection to the point where he recalls being examined by the creatures in the ship, and after they examine him, they show him a movie on what would happen to the Earth if people did not stop overpopulating and polluting the planet. So... I mean, he gets examined. And they're like, "This is what's going to happen. You need to, you need to just so you're aware." And then when he comes back, he wakes up in the moor, but he has no actual memory of the actual abduction, obviously prior to the hypnosis. So, but he still has this very viable picture. And like I said, I looked at the picture. It you could see the creature. It oh, he actually almost looks like ET, which is interesting because
1: maybe that's where Steven Spielberg got his. Uh... No, I
0: think ET came out first. So, but I mean. So maybe he just bought the doll and put it out there. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you could see it, this path uh, in this creature. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that, I was pretty impressed. So that's my first story.
2: I think oh. it's kind of interesting that they showed him, or you recollected that they showed Like what, a movie. What, what, yeah, what would happen to the earth as, as if they were there for a purpose to, uh prov- you know. Save Earth.
0: Right. And this was 1987. I don't think the words global warming was in our immediate definition. I'm sure it
1: was. There's a bunch of hippies.
0: Well, <laughs> to, to be
1: fair, the hippies started the whole green movement thing. So I'm going to say they started it, but you know, that's cool. I mean, we all know aliens only go to America. So, no. They <laughs> <don't>. <laughs> That was in Britain. Yes. I know it was in Britain. <laughs> <laughs> so her story is totally facade. <laughs> no, that's cool. Okay,
2: then mine's, mine's authentic because mine happens in America. America. Okay. New York. New York. Exactly, yeah.
1: Walking here. <laughs> mm. <laughs>
2: My story is about uh, Flushing Meadows Park. It's located 10 miles east of Manhattan and Bro of Queens, New York City, between the towns of uh, Flushing and Corona. Uh, the park has a long history of alien encounters and strange phenomena. In 1920s, it was known as the Corona Ash Dump, or the Valley of Ashes, uh, because that's where they would dump all of the ashes. Ashes of
1: what?
2: Just ashes Ashes. of everything, yeah. Yeah, It was uh, was (laughs) just (laughs) a wasteland of ash, and so they took this- Sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. And so they took this empty land, and they turned it into a park. So during 1964 and 1965, that's where they hosted the World's Fair. There were several UFO sites that made the news. Most were described as lights in the sky, and that was explained away as aircrafts taking off or landing at the nearby La Guinda Airport. But locals that live near airports usually know what planes and you know other aircrafts look like.
0: No, is this near a base? Because I don't think there's a base over there. York? No.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there there's is. just a couple of large airports Secret around. bases. Yeah, well, I don't probably, because, I mean, military. it's the
0: East Coast. But okay, <laughs> go ahead.
2: So the locals sh- usually know what uh, air- aircrafts look like, so they, they were concerned. The size of strange lights above the old fairgrounds continued after the World's Fair ended in 1966. One of the most startling occurred... Hundreds of motorists driven on the Grand Central Parkway side of Flushing Meadows Park reported seeing a large, which looked like a glowing object. that came into view and then descended into the lake at about seven forty in the evening.
0: So they were uh, people were just driving along, just
2: driving by, and it was a lot of people that reported that. Uh,
0: so it went into the water.
2: Yeah, it went into the lake. Okay, hiding. maybe that's where they live because these uh these events reoccur throughout it's different uh different years where they keep seeing the ufos around the park
0: and is the ufos are going in and out of the water
2: sometimes it's just strange lights sometimes
0: it's but i mean there have been mm, i'm i don't know about this one but other people and other incidents have reported seeing crafts going in and out of water. So that's why I was asking. But go ahead. In
2: 1977, there were more sites of UFO about the park for several nights leading up to an incident where official report says that 12 wolves clawed their way out of their cage and killed a couple animals before being recaptured. However...
0: So wait, was there a zoo there at this park?
2: So yes. So the park consisted with like several different attractions. They had the zoo. They had other stuff. There was actually a UFO-looking towers, the Flying Saucer-looking towers, and they were featured in the Men in Black movie, the ones oh, that the okay. cockroach yeah, yeah, tries yeah. to climb up and like fly those away are real, on. Those
1: are real spaceships. Yeah, those are
2: real Yeah, yeah.
1: And the,
0: and they were there built because of this world fair?
2: I think so. They, they're yeah, called know. like a lookout.
0: Okay, so the animals acted crazy in one particular night.
2: So, yeah, so the official report says the 12 wolves clawed their way out and and killed a couple of animals before getting recaptured. But the caretaker said that not only wolves but other animals were missing from the cage and none of the animals' pens or enclosures have been unlocked, damaged, or tampered with. So So
0: somehow, sporadically, they all sprung loose.
2: Yeah, they the wolves and the co- a couple other animals were missing uh, or the wolves weren't missing they were at large right and then other animals were missing but none of the cages had any damage done to it and there were other animals that were dead
0: okay were they dead because of the wolves or dead because of other and uh, unexplainable incidences
2: well, the official report says that the wolves killed them so okay. I uh, don't think they were able to get the interview of the caretaker at that time. And this
0: wasn't the behavior of the animals prior to this incident? Mm-mm. Okay. When
1: was the last time you heard wolves escape and then were captured right back and put them right back in there.
0: Well, I mean, I'm saying, you know, they went after – I mean, to me, it sounds like something agitated them, maybe even spooked
1: them. Well, I'm thinking it's not wolves at all because right, no one recaptures the wolves that they just killed all those animals. They, those, those wolves would be put down. Right. So
2: that's true. that's true. So fast forward to uh, nineteen eighty-seven. Due to the budget cuts, there was no night shift employees at the zoo. So from eleven p.m. to seven thirty a.m., an even more disturbing event occurred. After two nights of UFO sightings prior to the incident, the caretakers arrived at the zoo to find all the animals slaughtered, oh. all of them. Not only were the animals dead in their cages. It looked as if they were surgically autopsied or examined. The scene had little to no blood, and all the cages and pens were still secured and locked. The zoo was closed without explanation. Later on, new renovations were made as an excuse for the closure. The guards that were working nearby were interviewed and said that they did not hear anything or seen anything the event was eventually explained away as the work of vandals or ritualistic killers in an internal report. But it is skeptical how they managed to kill all the animals without making any noise, damage any cages, or leaving any evidence. So fast forward to 1991, UFOs are spotted above the zoo without... And well, the so they
0: kept it as a zoo.
2: So they closed the zoo after the incident, and then they... Made it another marketing stunt. Les, we need another upgrade.
0: Right, the renovations.
2: Then another re- renovation. They closed it for a while and they reopened it again. So the caretakers that showed up the next day that found that there was no, you know, damage to the locks. There's no, nothing was tampered with. They were concerned. They were believing that it was UFOs. They were trying to warn them, like, let's not reopen it as a zoo. Let's not let it happen again. And, however, they reopened it in 1991. UFOs are spotted above the zoo without without any other incidents. But after the spotting, they closed the zoo one more time and cleared it all out. They, they redid everything, and then it reopened in 1992 without any more encounters since then.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
2: So I don't know if it was the ashes drawing the UFOs or they just the animals got spooked or whatever it was.
0: Well, yeah, I think the animals were exactly the draw. And I mean, it, a zoo is just like a grocery store. <laughs> I'll take a wolf, I'll take a bear, and they're all conveniently right. right there. You
2: Got one of each. And
0: Correct. They yeah. don't have to chase them in the woods.
2: So is that the sixth encounter of the sixth kind where um, they actually slaughtered the animals?
0: That sounds pretty much exactly what that is. Causing injury or death, so yeah, but I mean, how strange and sad those poor animals. I mean, they're they're we're no better, no, but you're not (laughs) living in a cage. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying me, I'm not saying I'm saying humans are no better. They would have done the same
1: thing. Oh, yeah, autopsied on those animals, those little assholes, they would have done it with sound for science. For science, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, this is becoming depressing. Go ahead, darling,
1: it's a little dark. Depressing, anyways. Our mine's a little more lighthearted, I guess, maybe.
0: Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it
1: uh, they they cr- this kind of credited as to how the the little green men phenomenon began. So like you know, you know I, I mean I don't really consider aliens when I see them or think about aliens as little green guys, but some people do. You know, the little guys
2: like the one from the Flintstones? the Flintstones.
0: Oh, who? Oh, the little Martian guy. Flintstones or Jetsons? No, Flintstones. Flintstones.
1: There's an alien in Flintstones? Yes. I don't know. You guys are old. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's an alien in Flintstones? Yeah. Why?
0: I think this spruce it up.
1: Because the ancients ancient times weren't good enough?
0: Well, the man was peddling with his feet. <laughs> Either way. So,
1: the beginning of the Little Green Men basically begins, was credited, slightly credited to this little hick family. Who lives in a farm? the The family name is the Suttons. And it happened in 1955, around August. So on the night of August 21st, 1955, the family of eleven. So it's their their own family and.
0: It's a farm, right? You said it's a, farm. a farm. Yeah, well, yeah. that's they we had a lot of kids to help with the farm.
1: Yeah, a lot of inbreeding. <laughs> it's in Kentucky, sorry. <laughs> so Hopkinsville Police Station gets the whole family to show up at their doorstep and they're all terrified okay. telling them reports that they've just been attacked okay. by little green men. Okay. So they're they're alleged to counter with this. The Suttons, you know, they're living by themselves. They have family come by, so this whole house is filled with this all these people. But like they it's just and they're just in bumfuck nowhere in Kentucky. So the 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 local people know that the Suttons really aren't ones that go to the police for help, as it have been quoted. They take care of their own problems. They do what they got. It's fifty-five, nineteen fifty-five. So there's not right. a whole lot of law.
0: So seeking out law enforcement to <coughs> say something significant happened,
1: right? So for the, all the whole family to show up and do this, it's pretty wild. And they don't have anything out there. It's it's literally a rural rural, rural homestead. So no crazy power, no TV, no nothing. They don't have nothing else. It's just them and their their stock. So what happens is one. One of the family members he goes outside to get water from the backyard well when he sees a UFO, alleged silvery object UFO real bright and he sees it comes and lands right outside. And he goes back and he tells his family, Hey, motherfucker, there's something out there. Something just came in. Right. And they're like they're all making fun of him, like, Okay, yeah, whatever. But and no one believes him, so he decides to stay inside and not until about an hour later where the dog starts going crazy and they're like, What? And what's wrong with the dog? And they go outside, the same person who saw the alien, and an older adult, they go outside and they see a strange glow, which from the glow they see a small humanoid creature, about three and a half feet tall. It's quoted as oversized head, almost perfectly round, arms extended almost to the ground, hands and talons, and its oversized eyes glowed with a yellowish light. And the body gave off an eerie shimmer in the light of, of the night's new moon as if they were made of silver metal. So their response was, as humans, two of the men grabbed a 20-gauge and a twenty two rifle. It just started firing at the little man. All right. <laughs> start. okay. It just started,
0: <laughs> start, started blasting. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you
1: so at this point, the, the little man, he puts his hands up and he held a gunpoint as he started walking towards the back door, and they reported they did a flip and scrambled upright and left into the darkness. It just ran away. So shortly after, they, they go back inside, and they see a, s- a similar creature <laughs> in the side window, and they fire through the window screen. But they they claimed that the the little men were impervious to bullets, so they said they would hit it, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Didn't matter. So he did another flip, and disappeared again. And then another one saw it come approaching the door. Same thing. They just started blasting holes in their house, to trying to kill these things. And so so frightened, they they left. They just, just
0: piled in the jalopy and head.
1: Yeah. So they the another person one of them described the I think uh it's the older one older lady. She described it as it looked like a 5-gallon gasoline can with a head on top of small legs. But each one each 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 statement that they take is they all shined like metal.
0: Oh so their their description was that the aliens were shining.
1: Correct. They were green but they were shining to like metal. So I maybe it's like a shield. Be my thing. Maybe or like maybe a, a
0: uniform, because some of the reports say that they're wearing like a uniform. You know, maybe they can't breathe the oxygen or carbon in our air, and they need their own breathing gas. You know, uh, readily available to their in their suits, or something's wrong with the atmosphere and they can't.
1: Oh, so like an astronaut suit.
0: Right. So they're Just,
1: it's metallic or whatever. Right. Mm. They said it was pretty. It was pretty. Obviously, it was their skin, okay. so it looked like he wasn't wearing. Okay, so no I mean they, they don't claim they were wearing a uniform. They claim they were wearing. You know, it was just them. Okay, not have any org- like sexual organs to identify what they were, but they they said there was big old head. All the little sketches they have from the incidents, they don't have pictures, but it's all consistent with the big old head, big pointy ears, no neck, lengthened body.
0: So, did the the police go out to investigate?
1: Well, so so when they were trying to leave. Um, they they claim that one of the claws, there was cause they have like an overhanging roof, so like right. you know there's the roof and then it comes down when you leave the house. Right, the like right? a, a the like eve? Yeah. yeah, essentially. So as they're trying to leave, the one of the aliens grab one of the kids' hair and started you know touching it and like, Woo! <laughs> and then it literally while they're still running, they you know they brush it off and they're running. They get to a nearby tree next to their vehicles and another one floats to the ground. They said floats to the ground. So I don't know. <laughs>
0: well, so was there any physical evidence minus the humans destroying their house?
1: No. So they go, they hightail it to the, the police station and... This was in the middle of the night, right? Correct. Okay. It's about 11 p.m. when they show up to the police station at night. And so they they go to the house and there, there's shell casings everywhere. There's bullet holes. There's, you know, Signs of a gunfight, right? And they that there was no evidence of heavy drinking. There was no evidence of you know abuse, like drugs substance, involved. Substance, nothing.
0: Right. Okay, nothing. No hallucinations.
1: Right, and you know, these people aren't known for much of anything really. Substance, right, well they're farmers. farmers. The police show up. They investigate. You know the reporters. They're just there, and they're you know, like, "Well, nothing's here now, so right. I guess we'll go." If they come back, let us know. But you know, everyone was freaked out because you know this whole family. Has the same story. I don't know. So they're really good at it.
0: Was there any like scarring on the ground where the alien nope. no craft landed? Okay, nope.
1: no flip flip marks. All right. There's, remember, the thing floated to the ground, so I'm pretty sure it's not heavy footed.
0: Right, but I was talking about like you know how sometimes they'll leave like a burn mark on the ground with the spacecraft.
1: Didn't see the spacecraft. Okay. So,
0: all right. So that well, was almost. A close encounter of the sixth kind causing death or injury. Right, allegedly. allegedly. I mean,
1: they, then people started, you know, they hear new spreads and they want to come see, you know, where the incident happened. So they people started showing up like Field of Dreams. Right. So then they started charging people to come fucking was look it? around. Yeah, so 50 cents to enter their grounds, a dollar for information, and $10 for taking pictures. Okay. So then that was
0: a high. Price jack up there, a dollar to ten dollars.
1: Right. So, but for information, like maybe they didn't describe, like you know, maybe they reenacted. I so that mean mm-hmm. it it's credited as one of the most as the as how the little green man started.
0: So, the concept of the little green man. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, my final story is actually a close encounter of the seventh kind, the controversial kind. So we're gonna head to Brazil, and we're talking October 15th, 1957. A 20-year-old man who was a farmer named Antonio V.S. Boas claimed that aliens brought him to their ship to impregnate a rather good-looking alien female. and And, and he actually goes into great details. Now, prior to this incident on the 15th, on the 5th, near midnight, Boaz had actually spotted, he had his first encounter, like you with the, the bright lights in the sky, when he couldn't sleep, he opens up the windows and he sees these bright lights, and he, it's like the lights are actually moving towards him, so he goes, he's freaked out, he goes and goes and gets his brother and together they kind of watch the bright lights dance through, you know, the window, and but eventually the lights leave, so like, like your incident. Then nothing happens for nine days until the 14th. Now, on the 14th, he and his brother are working on the fields in the plantation. And they go out at night at 10 p.m. At, at night because it's really hot. And while they're tilting the fields, they both see this bright light 300 feet above their head. So now this is closer. It's not in the trees far away. It's literally right above. Now he goes... He leaves his brother he to inspect the lights better, and when he gets close, it's like the spaceship gets like ex- kind of acts excited. Gets you know zooms back and forth a couple of times, and then eventually it just kind of just disappears, and he turns in for the night. Now, so the incident where this inner inner engagement, if you will, interspecies engagement occurs is the following night and he says that he was working alone when a reddish light came up literally right on top of him. He was on, he was working a tractor and it happened so quickly that he could barely, I mean, he didn't even have time to think. And he said that the lights were so intense so he couldn't even see the tractor that he was working with. So, but he can see this craft that looked like a large elongated egg shape with three legs extending below it, so like the landing legs. Now he tries to run away, he tries to escape, but a small figure with strange clothes, so he's saying this creature actually has clothes, with the clothes even have like tubes and stuff coming out of the head, But so this strange figure and others surround him, and they lift him off the ground, and they basically um, carry him into this, spaceship. Now, like I said, they're wearing gray uh, suits and they all have large round eyeglasses and they have tubes coming out of their heads. They're pretty small and they actually communicate by making animal grunts. So this is kind of a little bit of a shift from the telepathic communications that some people have reported. So he's saying they're making these grunting noise that make no sense to him because, you know, he doesn't speak their, the grunt language, I suppose. Anyways, once inside the UFO, he gets stripped naked and he gets rubbed with this thick, clear, but rather odorless liquid. And they also take like some blood from his chin and, and whatever they use actually ended up leaving a small scar, but it didn't hurt him when they did this. Now, he claims he gets left in an empty room for about an hour, and he's laying in this foam-like bed, and the, the air was super hard for him to breathe. In fact, he gets kind of sick from this air to the point where he vomits. And after he does this, he feels a little bit better. But at this point in time, this is where things get really interesting. He says that a beautiful naked woman enters the room with, like, bleach blonde hair, She had big blue slanted eyes. She didn't wear any makeup. She had a straight nose, a narrow face, very thin lips, but almost invisible soft skin, and she felt like she didn't have any bones to her. Now, he readily admits that her body was quite beautiful, (laughs) and, I mean, he, he goes into great detail. She's like, she's slim, her breasts were high and well separated. And she's got this thin waistline. Her belly's flat. Her hips look well developed, which I think is a very interesting description and a true reflection of a farmer. Cause you know, producing. I don't know.
1: I'm not a farmer. <laughs> I don't know what they're looking for. Farmers single. Was it sing, sing, single
0: farmers.com? Farmers
1: only. Farmers <laughs> only.
0: <laughs> but anyways, uh, sh- her thighs were large. She had small feet. Her hands were long and narrow. Her fingers and nails were normal, and...
1: Did she have a penis?
0: No, but he does (laughs) say, he does say that they asked him if she had pubic hair, and he got apparently very embarrassed when they asked him that because he said she had odd, bright, red pubic hair. Now, I know. (laughs) She must have been bleached blonde if other things don't match. But either way, the point is...
1: Space travel does that to you, man. (laughs) Don't you know?
0: (laughs) He explained that when she came at him, he kind of could tell what she was kind of looking for. And then she, like, presses herself up against him, kind of in a, you know, uh, obviously gesturing kind of a way. And he readily admits that he gets excited. He gets... Well, yeah. Involved. He's like Captain Kirk at this moment with all these female space aliens. (laughs) And he basically has not one, but two sexual encounters with her. So, and then he also goes on to say, continues to say that they actually perform a variety of other acts together for about an hour. And... I mean he again I nothing I I didn't really want to know the details. But we're here now. So. <laughs> <laughs> and he says that after this time the woman goes to leave and it dawns on him and I'm just going to quote what he says and again he's a farmer so what he says actually makes sense. He says, "All they wanted was a good stallion to improve their stock." Okay? <laughs>
1: You're one of the fit man, right? <laughs> and some cornbread-fed motherfucker. Somebody's got bones. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he does actually readily admit that he enjoyed the in- experience, but it, and he does make this interesting side note: the woman wasn't interested in kissing, or the species wasn't oh, interested yeah. in kissing, oh. <laughs> but instead she would prefer to bite his chin. While making these weird animal growls,
1: sucking the blood out of his chin hole.
0: Maybe, yeah, getting her a little—that was her turn on right there.
1: Like suck uh, my chin hole.
0: Either way,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: he does report that the woman never speaks again. It's just the grunting, and when they finish, one of the other creatures come back, and you know it's like, hey, you done? Kind of scenario. Here's a towel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Give him the high five and you send turn your Yeah. <laughs>
0: Anyways, before leaving, she even points to her belly and, like, seemingly, (laughs) like, smiles. Like, we're good. I've got the package. Child
1: support, nine months. (laughs) But he does (laughs) actually,
0: he actually even expresses concern that she enjoyed the situation so much that she was maybe indicating that she wanted to take him with her. So he kind of starts to panic a little bit, it sounds like. And either way, she ends up leaving. He gets his clothes, and he gets taken to another room where these other creatures, the females gone, begin discussing something amongst themselves. And finally, they let him go. <laughs> <And> <laughs> you
1: think he's going to tell them? <laughs>
0: right. No, they, I guess they, they said, you know, no, no, we're good. You know, I, I don't know what the aliens obviously said to each other. But either way. He gets released and he says the craft took off and was gone in seconds. And by the time he gets back, it's like five thirty in the morning. And he returns to the tractor because that's where he was working with when they showed up. And he realizes—I mean, he even checks the tractor and he realized they actually tampered with it. They, the batteries, the the aliens had detached the batteries from the trailer from the tractor, so that he couldn't take off with it. When they showed up, but either way, so after this seventh encounter, for about three months later, he can he actually starts to suffer from some mild medical m- issues, some illnesses.
1: Oh, STD, bro. <laughs> 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 I don't think gonorrhea. Got a spacer? It's a thing. Is a is space a, a alien
0: <laughs> virus. Space aids, okay. bro. But he does have a hard time with excessive sleepiness. He does, and they actually do run tests on him, and some of the things he's suffering from is, like, radiation poisoning. So he has body pains, nausea, headaches, loss of appetite, and he actually has, like, a constant burning sensation in the eyes. And on top of this, he has these lesions that, at the, you know, just were like these small red bumps that would, if you touch them, uh, it would like, S- c- like. Um, pus come out? Like pu- yeah, a yellow discharge would come out.
1: Ooh, so it's like, it really is like her- herpes or
0: some shit. Uh, oh, some boils? Something. It's radiation poisoning. <laughs> 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 yes. yes. <laughs> now after this incident, he actually goes on with his life. He and his supposedly, uh, he and his wife kind of withdraw. ...from public life after this whole incident, I think, becomes... Oh, does he tell... I'm assuming he tells Yeah, he goes. He tells people. And he gets... You know, like I said, they they believe he was... uh, Had radiation poisoning based on his symptoms. So... But he actually goes on. He goes to college, law school, and he becomes an attorney. And, you know... He
1: He just lives out the rest of his days. Correct. Look, that's all we're asking for, aliens. Just come pick us couple guys out, and good fortunes come our way, I guess.
0: Right. Well, either way, (laughs) he, and it doesn't sound like he had any more encounters from my research, uh, but it is one thing that does tend to happen is that sometimes once you become a victim, they keep coming back to you, and it kind of sounds like the same thing happened with your animals, but, I mean, he lives as long as 1991, where he, he died in the city of Uber. Uber. But he lived a good life. I, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you, but he did go on to, I mean.
1: The I mean, if you're an attorney, I'm assuming you're making good money.
0: Right. In Brazil. Anywhere. Oh, that's right. Brazil, huh? Yeah. The only one that works over there. Maybe not.
1: That's a, it's a higher form of education down there, so. Well, well for them. Right.
0: Correct. Absolutely. I mean, it's he he went from really. a farmer to an attorney, so, I mean, good good job you. Yeah, you got the hell out of there. <laughs> so, either way, that is our stories of Alien Encounters. Encounters 1 through 7. Right. Allegedly
1: or not allegedly,
0: right? I've got the shock. You know when you were telling the story about the f- this family, Did it actually about back to the future. That's exactly what I thought about. And as soon as you I, said
1: the shiny suit, I was like, I see where you're going with this now.
0: Right, back right. to the
1: future when they when he comes through the barn, he fucking crashes in the barn, and he comes out with the fucking you know the gear piece. the radiation, the radiation suit, yeah. And then, they, you know, Pa, that's, a, that's an alien, Pa, look. <laughs> kill him, Pa,
0: kill him. So well, I
1: was like, oh, checks out old man, old man Sutton over Peabody. there. Peabody. Old man Peabody. Peabody. That was his
0: name. Now, I don't know if you noticed this, and this is just a, a fun side note. When, the trees. In the movie, In when Marty first shows up at the mall, you see the sign that says Twin Pine Malls. Then, <laughs> when he comes back after... Killing, because he runs down one of the trees and it's his escape from f- oh man Peabody shooting at him. He takes down one of the trees. So when he comes back, he passes that same sign again. Marty does, and it says Lone Pine Tree Mall yeah. because he killed the first yeah, he, he, he killed the he killed the
1: Well, that's what he says. When he drives by. You you hit my pine tree, you saw of a gun, or yeah. whatever he says.
0: Yes, and it's like what. <laughs> All right, so that's what we have for you tonight. On to business. We have a Facebook page that is private. If you look for it, you will find it. And if you're curious or interested and want to send me a request, send Just me shoot a request. It. Yeah. Just shoot it. Yeah, we, we it we'd appreciate
2: there. the feedback.
1: Yeah,
0: more stories, the better. Correct. But in the meantime, if you have a story, an alien story, or a place uh, you'd like to learn about where their dark corners are, again, you can send me an email where... The Dark Corners are at gmail.com. Final thoughts, Panda?
1: I'm just saying I could use a bleached blue-eyed alien. <laughs> <laughs> she's got no bones, Yeah, no man. bones.
0: I don't know how that would work. And no child support. You, you
1: just
2: bend her. What?
0: But how <laughs> can you – she's just
1: going to flop over. I don't <laughs> yeah. know.
0: All right, polar bear. <laughs> no final thoughts. All right. No final thoughts. So until next time, please remember, only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why I hope to meet you where the dark corners are.